0: Our second lesson today comes from 1 Peter. I've been reading in 1 Peter um, last Sunday and this Sunday. We open our hearts, we listen. I'm reading from chapter 1, beginning at the 13th verse. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, discipline yourselves, set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls with your obedience to the truth so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. This is the word of the Lord. So, you know that anyone who starts a sentence with therefore, something has already happened. Something has already been said. Something has already gone before that, right? Whenever anyone starts a sentence with therefore, there's a strong implication that actually a whole lot has happened. A whole lot has come before. Therefore, is actually, if you remember your grammar lessons, an adverb that often functions like a conjunction. It's even called a conjunctive adverb. I looked it up. (laughs) A conjunctive adverb joins two ideas or phrases. Something's always gone before if you start a sentence with therefore. So let's consider what's happened. Let's think about the before. We seem to be struggling in in these days with lots of heartache, heavy losses. We've been to funerals, and we're still planning funerals. And these losses get heavy for our lives and for our community. That's what's gone before. Or we seem to be busy with many things. What are you busy with? It's pressures or uncertainty? Is it some scheduling things about your life these days? What is it? Commitments? Demands? Uncertainty? Maybe changes? Maybe challenges? That's part of the what's gone before. And... Perhaps we are perplexed with any number of things. Can we actually close the gap between the growing rich numbers and the growing poor in number? Can we have the shrinking middle class have more access? Can we? What does it mean to have freedom of speech and freedom of religion? Should Duke University Chapel be used to issue a call to Muslim prayer? That's part of the going before happening. Should we educate immigrants? Should we pay college athletes? Should we decriminalize marijuana? This is all that's going on. Perplexing. And we might not be so sure what the therefore leads to in the next sentence. And we all have our very personal circumstances uh, before now um, that makes the way forward maybe unclear. What comes after the therefore we're not sure about. Here's a true story from a few years ago. A woman walked to an ice cream shop in Kansas City. She went to buy a cone of ice cream. After making her selection, uh, she got the cone, she turned around, and she found herself face to face with the esteemed actor Paul Newman. Paul Newman was in Kansas City filming one of his movies. Paul Newman smiled at the woman. He even greeted her with her ice cream. Newman's famous blue eyes, his handsome smile caused her this strange mix of great anxiety and excitement. Her knees were shaking. She got rapt attention on Paul Newman. The lady managed to find her way to the door and left the shop with her heart pounding a few steps, maybe a block down the street. She realized the, she didn't have her ice cream cone. <laughs> so she turned around and went back to the shop and right when she was going in the door, she ran into Paul Newman again. A bundle of nerves, unable to speak. She looked at him, frozen. He said, are you looking for your ice cream? <laughs> he said, you put it in your purse with your chains. <laughs> the next sentence in that woman's story is going to start with, therefore. Therefore. In fact, every day, every moment that follows whatever moment, whether it's embarrassing or exciting, whether it's perplexing or challenging, whether it's entertaining or troubling or joyful, whatever moment, it always follows with another moment and it starts with therefore or good. Therefore. Our passage today is in 1 Peter, and the passage begins with therefore. And if you were here last week, you heard a little bit about what came before this therefore. What came before this therefore in this letter from 1 Peter is this wonderful affirmation about God, about God and Who we are as God's people. We've been born into a living hope. We've been given an inheritance that is undefiled. These words have come before the therefore, telling us who we are. God's beloved people. Because of God's great mercy, because of God's love, we've been given so much. An inheritance. No matter what, God's presence will cover us. That's what comes before the therefore. And then the letter continues, therefore... In 13, therefore, prepare your minds for action, discipline yourselves, set all your hope on the grace that Jesus will bring you. P- Peter is trying to give people a focus, remind them who they are, give them a manner of living and looking at the world that leads, that shapes their lives, that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, this is who you are and this is how you live. Therefore, Don't get caught up in the things that don't matter. Therefore, watch out for what drags you down because it will. But this is who you are. And this is how you see the world. And this is what you trust and this is what you do. Live life focused on God, into God's new realm, full of promises. That's what he's saying. Thomas read our first lesson today. It came from Deuteronomy 26. These verses uh, offer instruction to the people of God about what they're to do when they bring their offering into the church, to the priests, regardless of what's happened, they're supposed to say certain things. Regardless of where they've come from, they're supposed to recite certain words, and those words remind them of who they are and where they've been and what God has done for them forever. It's so they won't forget. No matter what happens, when you get to this point, say this, and it could have started with the word therefore. Therefore, when you come into the land that your God has given you as an inheritance, take your first fruit of your harvest, put it in a basket, and go to the priest and say this, a wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down to Egypt, and we were treated harshly and afflicted, but the Lord heard our cries, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with signs and wonders, and he gave us this land of milk and honey. See, the point of all the reciting was so the people would never forget what had happened, what had brought them there, who had led them, who had blessed them. The point of the reciting was was so they would always have it in the forefronts of their minds and they would see everything through the lens of God's loving care. They were God's children. God was their God. They were God's people, and nothing would ever change that. Their lives were always to be about living into God's new realm as God's people, rejoicing and serving God in all times and places. If they kept telling the story, if they kept reciting it about how God brought them out of their mess to bounty and hope, If they kept nurturing that memory, they could trust God and they could serve God. If they kept telling the story, living out the story, life would be rooted in God. Life would be lived with God and for God. Not just the mess, not just the losses, not just the heartache, but with God. And it would change everything. Life would be lived toward God's full promised hope and purposes. The words from 1 Peter are similar. In the preceding verses, he's announced you're people with a hope. You have an inheritance. God gave it to you, gives it to you. We're not often orphans on the street. We're not lost and left in the mess. We're God's own. Beloved, blessed. This is the promise. This is the truth. This is what intends to shape our lives, therefore. Live in God's realm. Prepare your minds. Discipline yourselves. Set your hope on God. It's interesting here how the actual verb in this passage, after therefore, it's prepare in the word I read. It's really a Greek word that's much stronger than prepare. It should be translated gird up. Gird up. It's an image here of a person about to set out on a journey. And the exhortation is to gird up. In other words, gird up around your waist like your flowing robes that might trip you. Gird up so you can walk with conviction. Gird up so that your journey is not hindered and you don't find yourself tripping and falling. Gird up. What Peter is saying Children of God go with confidence. Children of God go with joy. Children of God go with conviction and compassion and assurance. Don't get bogged down or tripped or pulled off the road by anything. God has purposes for you. So gird up. This is the truth. God's love is about life. Set your hope on God. Gird up. Go. Love. Serve. Someone reminded me this week that for every 50 miles of road, there are 100 miles of ditch. It's important to stay on the road. The ditches are prevalent. That's Peter's message. You're blessed. You're loved. You're held. You're given hope no matter what. Live into God's promises. Live into God's new realm. Prepare. Gird up. Go. Stay on the road. There's a great deal that knocks us off the road. There's a great deal that lures us into the ditch. Complexities, uncertainties come our way, burden us. Losses, discouragements, despair comes our way. Peter's speaking to our hearts. Peter is speaking to our very lives, our city, our world. Therefore, we live a certain way, into a certain truth. Therefore, we can and remain called, all of us, to live into God's realm. The front of our bulletin says in our mission statement, we are called. The back of our bulletin reminds us who the ministers are in this church. And it's all the members of this church. That's the ministers here. Ministers of God. Ministers of God's love. And ministers of God's purposes and presence in this city and the world. We keep at it. Our hearts, our minds are focused. And our business is about God. It helps me a great deal the way Carl uh, Barth talks about Christian faith. Karl Barth says that the only thing that really distinguishes Christians from everybody else in the world is what they know. The only thing that distinguishes Christians is that they know something, something about God and something about who they belong to and something about what God is doing in the world, and that frames our lives. And we know it not just in our heads, but in our lives, and we hopefully reveal it in our feet. And how we function every day, we know about God's abiding love that comes from the beginning of time. We know that God's sustaining love and spirit covers us wherever we find ourselves. We know that God's presence quickens us, and we know that God sends us out onto the streets and into the world to be God's ministers, loving God and loving others amidst the mess. Amidst the challenges and the misery that we encounter, we live with love and hope because of what we know. And what we know changes everything. We live in God's realm. We live under God's care. We live as inheritors of of light and peace and hope. Peter says, don't go back falling into the ways of your former ignorance. That's the word he uses because you know something and it changes you. Love and go and do. Gird up and go. I've been reading a book recently. It's a book by Scott Bader Say. And it's a book entitled Following Jesus in a Culture of Fear. The book speaks about the culture of fear that is ours. Now he makes clear in the very opening pages that fear is not something new. It's always been a part of life. But there's this new phenomena that he calls and others call the mean world syndrome. With all the media and with all the instant news access, we live with an exaggerated fearfulness in these days, he says. Because we witness more violence on TV... Because we witness violence in movies. Because we learn so rapidly about the brutality of the world. And we can even watch images of real-time violence soon after it happens. Because of all that, we come to believe more and more that the world is a scary and ominous place filled with violent predators. We imagine more readily that we could be the victims. And then the market picks up on this and feeds our fear and lures us into doing things and buying things to address our fears and chase away our fears, we hope. We need more money. We need more security. We need more guns. We need more of many things that want to address our fears. And all of it contributes to this culture of growing fearfulness. Fearfulness as the pervasive theme of our lives, That's not the way it's meant to be. No, we're God's people whose lives are rooted in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have been given all the inheritance and love and light that we need. Therefore, Peter says, therefore we're called, we're invited, we're compelled to be sturdy and to be confident and to be loving and to be hopeful in all things. We gird up our lives and We deal with the challenges that come our way. We keep our minds focused knowing to whom we belong. We don't rely on the power of the human race or whatever the human race can come up with. We rely on the power and the presence of God and on God's promises. This is the theme over and over in Scripture. This is what we seek to recite when we come into the land. Don't forget it. God cares for us. God carries us. God loves us, God will not let us go. We let this knowledge shape our lives. And then we love one another. And we seek to spread love in the world. We let this knowledge shape our lives. And then we say, therefore, this is how I'm going to live. Therefore, we live into God's realm. Doing God's work. Loving as ministers. Our hope and our faith, they are set on God. And that changes everything. Friends, may we be so confident this day that God's love covers us. May we be so filled with God's presence and care. May we be so moved by God's abiding love and constant calling that we keep on the journey as God's loving, faithful, serving people today and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Remind us who we are, O God. Refresh us in the gospel promises and reframe our lives for trusting and serving Christ our Lord. Amen.